everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. We're just a little bit excited today because um, we're talking about marriage, and that's always a fun thing. It really means a lot to Ed and I because just recently we got to celebrate the marriage of our youngest daughter, Laurie, to the love of her life, Sam. And I'm very excited because joining us today via Skype are Sam and Laurie Kelly. Hello. That's crazy seeing, Laurie, your name now, Kelly. Yep. That's freaky. But I'm happy. I'm happy. We're happy. Your mom and I are thrilled. Um, they were going to join us live here, but yeah. uh, due to snowmageddon, they were <laughs> snowed in yeah. and stuck in uh, Norfolk. So we're glad that they are joining us via Skype. Yeah, so, Laurie, tell us a little bit about how you and Sam met, because people, I'm, I'm sure, are wondering how in the world did 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 did, did these folks meet, and, and a little bit about that. So I was in ninth grade, actually, and we met in Sydney, Australia at a church conference, and we just met there, and I just met him, like, in a hotel lobby, like, getting ready to leave, and so I met him, and I was like, oh, he's, like, cool, and then we just kept in touch through, like, social media and at conferences, and then eventually he asked me to prom, so, and that's where our little dating relationship started. And Sam, like, when you ask Laurie to prom, because that's kind of like you're in Virginia, she's in Texas, your dad's a pastor there, you know, your mom and dad. And and tell us what that was like when you asked her to go to prom. Yeah, well, I was a little bit nervous. So I actually let my brother Josh uh, take the wheel and he texted her something along the lines of, hey, do you want the opportunity of a lifetime? <laughs> and then at the end of the text was something like, uh, it's okay if you say no because there's a line of girls waiting outside of my door. <laughs> and I said yes. And so she obviously said yes. And then, That's yeah. right. And then, and then, Laura, you and I made the journey to Virginia yes, Beach. Yes, with my mom. Yes, it was Mother's Day weekend, so I actually had the opportunity to speak there. And then following the services, we went to lunch. And all of a sudden, we're sitting at lunch, and Sam is missing. We don't know where Sam is. And Sam, where were you? you we thought you were charging your phone. Yes, I was actually calling my pastor to see if I could ask Laurie to become my girlfriend. Your pastor meaning that pastor? Pastor Ed, yeah, yes. Ed, okay. Thank you, Thank and, you for calling me your pastor. So That's called. good advice. He excused himself from the table to ask Ed's permission to um, ask Laurie if she would be his girlfriend. Yes. And that was a very exciting time. Lots of Lots of fun. Yeah, We're excited about your wedding. And yeah, we are. Marriage. And speaking of weddings, we're going to go through a wedding, maybe the way you guys have never heard it explained or broken down before. I've had the opportunity to officiate hundreds and hundreds of weddings, and I hate to confess this, Lisa, but I didn't realize the depth of a Christian ceremony until I really began to look at it and study it. We've been in this series, you know, called relationship goals. And we've said, once someone is born, they step on this relationship. Uh, Sound effects mine. This ship is not an easy ship. It's a great ship. And we've been saying around here, we're either floating, we're either sinking, or we're either cruising. 
And our great God wants every relationship to cruise. And today, we're talking about the only relationship that is analogous to God's relationship with his people, which is marriage. Marriage is not a contract. Say that with me. Marriage Marriage is is not a contract. contract. Marriage is a covenant. Say it with me. Marriage is a what? Covenant. A what? Covenant. A covenant. What's a covenant? A covenant is a situation where two parties get together before God. It's a supernatural thing. You look at a contract, you find lawyers. Look at a covenant, you find the Lord. It's a blood bond for life and death. It, it is all about God. And, and when we see that, we're like, you got to be kidding me. And, and let me tell you a quick story so you'll see sort of where we're going today. If you go back in the Bible, the first book of the Bible is the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 12, 13, 14, and 15 talks about God's covenant with Abraham. At the time, he was named Abram. Here's what God did. This is kind of gross, but it, but, but it makes sense. He took animals, cut them in two, arranged the animals opposite one another, the parts of the animals. God walked through the middle of the parts of the animals that was considered holy ground, initiated this covenant with Abram. In other words, God was saying, I'm all in. I mean, I am totally committed. I'm in covenant with you. I'm all in. Then we have other illustrations of covenant in the Old Testament, Lisa. For example, they would take animals, split them in two, arrange the halves opposite one another. They would walk through the middle, meet in the middle, cut the palms, shake one another's hands, exchange rings, and they would make this pronouncement, exchange robes. They would take on the the, the name of one another. That's why after God's covenant with Abram, his name was changed to Abraham. He took part of the name of God. So, so Lisa, what, what I want us to do is, I want us to take, and, and Sam and Lori, I want us to take this Christian wedding, the, 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 the Christ-centered wedding ceremony, and let's look at the symbolism of it. I've talked about the substance. It is what? Not a contract, but a Covenant. Let's talk about now the symbol. The, the symbolism. So let's start with just the, the wedding aisle. The wedding aisle, you know, that, that, well, it depends on where you're getting married, but it could be a long distance. It could be a shorter distance. Um, the wedding aisle where the bride is escorted by her father down the aisle. Ed escorted Laurie and um, he cried the entire way there. In fact, when, uh, I believe when they got ready to, start down the aisle, Laurie looked at him and said, Dad, you have got to get it together. (laughs) You can't be crying like this all the way down the aisle. And it wasn't a sad crying. No, Sam, it wasn't sad. It wasn't sad, Sam. (laughs) I mean, we're happy. We're happy. We were happy. I was happy to give her to you. Yes. You know? Yes. I am. But that... But it was just... I'm I'm very sentimental. But that aisle represents, and don't freak out here when I say this, but that aisle represents the walk of death. Whoa, this number going, that's right. You got that right. No, 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 no. It's, it's a positive thing. 
<laughs> when, you, when you walk the aisle, Lisa, go back again to the covenant, two halves of an animal. You walk through that. You're saying, I die. I die to all of the other relationships in my life. My main relationship, the central relationship is God. And second is my spouse. Yep. All the others are whoosh, back burner. Yeah, it doesn't mean that they're gone. It just means that they don't take the priority of the spouse. It also means that you're dying to self in your individuation. In other words, you're, you're no longer just you. You're now united as one because you're walking down the aisle, the walk of death, to die to yourself, to join in life with the other person. And, and, and then you got the groom. Yeah, everybody talks about, you know, here comes the bride. I mean, yeah. there's a song, here comes the bride. But really, here comes the groom. It's all well, about the groom the groom first. comes in first. The groom comes in first. Now, why? Why? Well, because the groom is the one that initiates. And that's spoken in Scripture. I yeah, I mean, the book of Ephesians. I mean, again, this is just Bible here. Ephesians chapter 5, it says... Verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let me stop here. The Bible uses twice as many words to implore husbands to love their wives as wives to love their husbands. I wonder why. Because I've got a hard head. <laughs> I wonder why. Because you got a bucket head too, man. We need this stuff. The groom initiates it. Who's the groom? Jesus. Who's the bride? The church. Jesus initiates it, Lisa. And the groom initiates the question. He pops the question. The groom should initiate, for the most part, creativity in the relationship. A date night, mate night. Every married couple. You see, marriage is what you do and don't do before and after you say, I do. Wow. Let's talk about saying yes to the dress. Yes oh, to the dress, the wedding dress, because wedding dresses are important. And you know, I'm all about, and we're all about, you know, looking cool and doing the best you can with what you have, with what you've been given. The wedding dress, though, is not just a dress. It represents purity and righteousness. Revelation 19, 7 and 8 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and honor him, for the time has come for the wedding banquet of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She is permitted to wear the cleanest and whitest and finest of linens. And what this represents that, that is that because of Jesus and our relationship with him, we are now pure. We are now clean. We are now presentable. And so it's a very symbolic yeah, thing. Yeah, so we're, we're clothed, Lisa, in the righteousness of Christ. Yes. yes. So when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. If it was based on my righteousness or your righteousness, we bust hell wide open. But we have his purity. What about the exchanging of the rings? The exchanging of the rings well, is all about the fact that no longer do we have our own stuff. We now have joint stuff. We're one spiritually. We're one physically. And sometimes people forget this. We're one financially. All this, all this crap about, well, I got my money. And she has, or he has his money. Are you kidding me? I mean, I understand if you want to separate a little bit, but it's one. And if you have a problem already with separating your money, 
you're going to have a ship wreck because in relationships, ship happens. And if you don't have those five sails, if you don't understand the depth of marriage, it's not going to happen. For example, Jesus is all in with the covenant. Go back to Genesis. God, all in. When I am not the man I should be, I don't have to worry about Lisa. She's all in. When she's not the woman that she should be, she doesn't have to worry about me. I'm all in. So it's not 50%, 50%. No, 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 no. 100% commitment from both. And that is covenant. That's covenant. So as it goes with finances, why would we be willing to give our heart to someone we're not willing to trust our finances with? That heart is something very special. So. Yeah, and that's what, that's what people, people treat the church that way. It's just hilarious. It's so hypocritical. It's like, oh yeah, man, I'm a Christian. And I love the church. Really? Well, well, do you tithe? No, but, I, but I'm trusting God with my eternity. So wait a minute, man. You trust God with your forever, but you're not going to bring the first 10% of what you make? What? What? It's getting quiet. What? It's getting very quiet. But, but so I can tell it's you, a, too. It's, it's a hard issue. But, and then Lisa and I have been doing this. When we, had, when we first got married, we had nothing. Now we have a lot more than that. We still do it. And, and God has blessed us so much, I can't even describe it. That's right. Amen to that one. Okay, what about, what about the veil? The veil. Well, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, the veil of the temple was ripped, giving total access to God through Christ, a backstage pass, total access. When the veil is lifted in a wedding, that symbolizes a husband and wife have total access That's to one good. another. And then you have the unity candle. How many people ha who are married had a unity candle in their wedding? You remember those unity you candles? The unity candle where you had two separate candles and then there's one in the middle and that symbolizes the fact that you're no longer individuals, but now you're one in marriage. And I did this wedding. I called it the bodybuilder wedding. One day I'm going to write a book on all the crazy weddings I've done. It, it, it's, I mean, nutty, nutty, nutty. Well, these bodybuilders, these, these people were giants, all jacked up on every kind of steroid known to man. They were competitive. And, and, and the women in there, I mean, there are, it was crazy. <clears throat> you know, you know but the unity candle. This was a really cool unity candle. It was a brand new unity candle. We'd never used it before in the church. So you had the two flames and, you know, there were fake candles. And then you had the, 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 the candle in the middle that was not lit. So you're supposed to take each candle, light them, one flesh, one flame. Well, the bodybuilders walk up and they try to take the candle out and they, and they couldn't, it was stuck. I don't know, I don't know what happened. So the guy goes, excuse me. He took the candles, they were lit. I was like, oh my gosh. He bent those things and lit the candle. Well, why did I tell you that? Because if you want to have a covenant marriage, you need to get on steroids. Does that make sense? No, you need. No, no, that's not you it. Don't need no, steroids. no, no. A covenant. But it takes work. Is, yeah, a covenant. It takes work. A covenant is a, is is a contract on steroids. That's your application. It takes work. It takes strength. And you okay? Crash through quitting points. You're not going to feel it all the time, honey. That's right. You oh. won't feel it all the time. And, and I always tell people all the time, if you're waiting to feel it, you won't do a thing with your life. 
If you're waiting to feel it to pray, feel it to forgive, feel it to have a date night, feel it to, it's not going to happen. You commit and then the feelings will follow. That's good. And you know, when you speak about unity, from this point on, you have to think about the fact that whatever you do affects the other person. If you treat your spouse poorly, if you say ugly words to your spouse, if you throw in you know, name calling and all of that type of stuff, you're really doing that to yourself as much as you're doing it to them. It goes back to the covenant when you say, okay, if I break this covenant, let the same happen to me as I've done to these animals. Well, you're in unity. Whenever you harm your spouse, you're harming yourself. And so it's a good lesson yes. on, on the value of unity, fighting so, fairly and all of that so stuff. So to run through these again, we have the pronouncement you know, of the, of the new names and yeah. Abraham, as I said, Abraham, that new name. My real name is Ed Young Christian. Yours is Lisa Young Christian. Becoming a Christian is not something that is just private. It quickly goes public. You get married publicly. Just like when you become a follower of Christ, you publicly are baptized. That is the, the wedding ring of the Christian life. The reception, yes. the partake. You know, the Bible commands us to partake. It doesn't say, you know, we, we should get drunk and freak out and do drugs and all that. But it says we should have a good time. God invented partying. The world's just taken partying and they polluted it. But we should party. We should have a good time. And, and we, had, we had a great party at, at the wedding. And, and, and I even made a couple of burnt offerings. We had some cigars there. The Bible says to make a burnt offering before the Lord. That was fun. Yes, we had a great time, and and maybe it's a challenge to all of us that you know, right after that wedding ceremony, we have a party, but we need to keep the yeah. celebration going yes. for years and years and yes. years, and rejoice about what God can and will do in our marriages. And then, how about cutting the cake? Because it's like, okay, well, what's what's so big about that? We cut the covenant. The word covenant, baris, baris, in the Hebrew, baris, say whether it, baris. Yeah, it means. To cut, we cut, we cut the animals, we cut the cake. Then there, I uh, feed Lisa, she feeds me, the totality of us. But I want to tell you the most embarrassing, this, is, this happened to us in our wedding. This is one of the most embarrassing things ever. Well, I, would, I hope it's not the most embarrassing thing ever. Well, it's pretty embarrassing. You know, on wedding cakes, you have uh, flowers. A lot of people put flowers on wedding cakes now. But back in the day, you'd put a bride and groom on top of the wedding cake. And for some reason, we had some friends. They were friends of my parents that um, they decoupaged eggs. And so for a wedding gift to Ed and I, they decoupaged <laughs> an egg. And it looks like this. This actually is the egg. And it has little hinges and wow. it's, it's bedazzled. And it has a bride and groom inside. Is that and it has our wedding invitation decoupaged on the back because decoupage was so big in 1982. That is the worst thing I've and ever seen. I think we have a picture I'm of the cake. There's the cake with oh. the egg on top. <laughs> yep. That's it. And you know, my sister had a cake, had an egg too. And I, I, Ed and I were just a, oh, a year or two ago, we were talking about it. And he goes, Lisa, I mean, it's been 32 years at that point. He goes, Lisa, why did we have an egg on top of our cake? Yeah. I mean, these things that just haunt us years after years after years. 
And then as he goes, what were you thinking? We went from we to you really quickly. Guilty. And I said, honey, they were friends of mom and dad's and, and uh, Laurie had one too, my sister. And so I called her, I said, Laurie, can you believe we put eggs on top of our cake? She goes, Lisa, I didn't put the egg on top of my cake. I couldn't believe it. They yeah. had theirs on a side table. No, we put our smack dab on top of that wedding cake. Very bold. But and we can tell the story now because Helon and Gio are with the Lord. They, yeah, they have. They also they passed did, on. They also made for... They're making um, heavenly eggs now up there, probably. <laughs> with Simon Peter and James and John. They also did Abraham. Um, for throwing the rice. It, we had these long stems, and we made them all ourselves. I mean, this there was no such these thing as These are like a, weapons they made. The, there's no such thing as a yes. Pinterest board back then, and they were these long stems with a satin flower at the end, and you'd wrap tape or, you know, floral tape around it, and then you'd put rice in it, and as the bride and groom were exiting, you would <laughs> sling it like a slingshot or something like that, and the rice would fly it out, you know, it could be dangerous, but that, that was, I don't have one of those, but that was classy. Very you know, I, I researched that. Back in the day, Lisa, they would throw seed on, on a, a bride and groom. Seed, fertility. I'm not putting any pressure, grandchildren, but fertility. Then also, that the wedding, that the wedding and, and, and the marriage will be a fertile entity that people would see and go, wow, but, and, they're but blessed also, by God. It would demonstrate the fruitfulness of God, the fact that yes. God has a great design, the depth of marriage, and that your marriage and our marriage could be something that would be a blessing for others to see, that when they look at the lives of those who are married, who are honoring God with their marriages, that they would see reflected the nature and the character of God. Do you see the depth, brilliant? the symbolism, but the brilliant. true substance of what a marriage is all yeah, about? Yeah, we realize the depth of it. So if you're here, I'll say it once again, and you're a child, you're a student, a single adult, 90-something percent of you will get married. You need to understand this stuff, own this stuff, take this responsibility. You're accountable now that you know the information and make sure you're doing the right activity to reflect this. Some here are going through divorce. Divorce is so, so difficult. I don't think there's a family here that's not been touched by divorce. God wants to meet you where you are. He wants to forgive you, to cleanse you. Now you have this new information. You're going to go into the next marriage. Oh, whoa, I've, man, I've got, I've got, I've got the, the, the 411 before I have to call 911 now. You see, others here need to say, okay, I want to say I do to Jesus. That's how you become a Christian. That's what's so crazy, Sam. When uh, you and Larry got married, you said, I do, boom, all right? When you say, and I say this all the time, but you know this is true. When you say, I do, you don't, you don't realize, and you're not gonna realize the implications of that decision until you're married longer and longer. I, I'm still realizing the implications of the decision, and that's great, it's not bad, it's awesome. So, it is. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam, so, it's okay. So, becoming a Christian, it's the same. You say, I do to Jesus. What has Jesus done? It's a love relationship. He wants us to have this relationship with him. He's done the work. We're the church. He's the groom. We either say, I do, 
or we, or we leave him at the altar. It's my prayer that you will say, I do to Jesus, allow him to clothe you, clothe you with his righteousness, his love, so you can discover the marriage and what families and what your future and what this relationship is all about. If, if you are here, God, as I'm praying, and, and if you're hearing my voice right now, if you've heard this information, I pray that you make this your prayer and simply say, Jesus, I say I do to you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Rose again. I turn from my sins and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. If you said that, that's the most important thing. That's the greatest thing you'll ever, ever do. Now, you're born again into the family of God. You have a new name. Your last name is Christian. Make sure to join a Bible-believing church. Get baptized. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.